Matt and Chris are teachers, high school and elementary, respectively. This past spring, Matt had a great idea that he floated to his principal. What if, as a film nerd and movie buff, he created and taught a film course for high schoolers? He was shocked and slightly panicked when she said yes. Matt and Chris spend the summer debating titles and teaching methods, creating a course that we're both proud of. Fast forward to now, three months into the school year, and Matt is a full-fledged film teacher to 60 students. This is the story of how the course is going, what we're watching, and how the students are reacting. Thanks for tuning in. You've joined the class in Film 101. Hi, Matt. Good evening. How are we doing? Got got my tea. Yep. I'm all ready for Christmas. I'm, I'm set. Christmas is right around the corner. Sure is. Nine days. Oh my god! I gotta go shopping. Oh my god! I gotta go shopping. <laughs> you are you are not a like stereotypical male in a lot of ways, but this is one way that you are. You're the guy on Christmas Eve who's like, I gotta go to the mall. <laughs> oh, not quite, but yeah, I do tend to get to my birthday, mm-hmm. and That's then the problem. Yeah, late yeah. birthday, and then and then uh, you know usually there's some sort of family gathering or something, or I'm still receiving gifts the week it's after December, the birthday. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's what is today december the 15th it's yeah. 10 days to christmas and i have i have some things mm-hmm. for you but not not many things thank god you're proactive and you, mm-hmm. you collect spend throughout the thousands year. of dollars right. throughout the year and mm-hmm. everybody will be happy and mm-hmm. i don't really have to contribute anything yeah that's for an order for people to have a good christmas file under stereotypical mail uh so yeah we're it hurts yeah, it hurts it's too, bad. That. too bad it's too bad um episode three yeah of we're, film 101 and we're catching up on how many how uh, many weeks here so i'm i'm going to go through the next four blocks which were all genre weeks okay so we'll talk about those genres this is like thank the week after thanks or the two weeks after thanksgiving yeah to like remembrance day sort of timeline that's right okay yeah cool the, the third week here aligned with halloween right happening. that was the first week of november right yeah all right tell us okay so coming out of director and focus um wanted to come out with uh, a genre that was going to really grab attention Mm -hmm. and um you know there were some things that i could have done um in terms of the order of things one of them was sort of it had to fall i wanted it to fall on halloween so i did horror around halloween so i needed a couple of uh genre weeks that were gonna draw the kids in and i also wanted to cover some especially with film noir i wanted to cover film noir because i think it's important but to ultimately the of film. yeah to yeah. the history of film but ultimately i decided to go with war films first uh so we did saving private ryan in one class obvious is it yeah yeah and then the other one i did was the thin red line maybe it's because i know you but like if you had said i'm teaching a film class surprise i'm teaching a film class and i'm going to do a war film what war film do you think i'm going to do I would have said that well, and bet our mortgage on it. Yeah, so there, I think there are better war films mm. that I could have picked, but that you wanted to watch it again. Uh, yeah, but I was concerned about it being something the kids would be interested in. Um, I was concerned that if I showed them something that was too old timey or too old fashioned, or that was in black and white, um, they wouldn't be interested. So the other movie you did was The Thin Red Line. Yeah, Saving Private Ryan and The Thin Red Line. Um, and this time, um, I The Thin Red Line uh, actually was received a little bit better mm-hmm. than Saving Private Ryan, which I found 
strange. Yes. Um, wasn't expecting it at all. Mm -hmm. uh, Thin Red Line's a, a much more artistic film. Mm -hmm. And I think there was more style and technique to take apart than Saving Private Ryan, even though Saving Private Ryan is like incredibly well crafted as it, well. Is that what Groupie liked about it though? They liked the characterization. Mm -hmm. They liked the pace. Um, I haven't seen it. They liked the acting. Yeah. It's got like a huge cast mm -hmm. of well-known actors and um overall like saving private ryan um they responded to the violence mm. in the same way that i did like when i was when i was 17 18 i guess the summer it came out and that was that was one of the films i took my grandfather to see i know um that's why it's special yeah um but saving private ryan and third red line came out in the same year mm -hmm. um they were sort of competing with one another to a certain extent, at least in the magazines and the, in the like entertainment weekly and, mm -hmm. and cinema scope and on those kinds of magazines, the same way that, um, Armageddon and deep, uh, deep impact mm -hmm. or prefontaine. They did one about, uh, oh, I can't remember what it was called. There's one with Jared Leto and there's one with Billy Crudup where they played the same long distance runner. Mm -hmm. Um, anyway, the, these two movies were theoretically in competition with one another. Mm -hmm. So I sort of unironically picked, them because of that reason but the, the reality is is that i think that the thin red line is actually a superior film mm -hmm. um and now the kids didn't see both so they weren't able to compare but just based on the sort of class reactions to the two mm -hmm. um i think that the the thin red line was like surprisingly warmly received but that that class um and they've been pretty positive mm -hmm. about everything and the same private ryan by and large everybody was into it mm -hmm. um you know I don't think that anybody was like moved to tears by the ending mm. on either of them. I think the end. We hate Matt Damon so much by that point. It's uh, hard to. I wouldn't cry. Yeah, it, Damon's. Uh, Unforgivable. Well, this is the William Goldman uh, anecdote is that he thought that the movie was sort of undercut by Damon's performance, and, and specifically this... the 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 anecdote about the the brothers in the barn. Yeah, was this his paycheck movie after Goodwill Hunting? No. Um, the Will Hunting was what year? 95? 97. 97. This is 98. So, so... But he was on the rise uh, as an actor. He was in a lot of stuff around that same time. Yeah, I don't think this was a paycheck. Waiting. No, this wasn't a paycheck movie, though. This wasn't like a... I think he, he appeared for a nominal fee. It's the same with Vin Diesel being in it and uh, Jeremy Davies and Adam Goldberg and all those young actors. Uh, Barry Pepper. I don't think that they were... What year did uh, Fast and Furious 1 come out? 2000 and... Two? Okay, so Vin Diesel wasn't yet aware that he was about to become the next major action star. Major no car guy action. Well, they'd done other stuff family. with Vin Diesel to, to like Vin Diesel was in Pitch Black before yeah, that. He was X. in Triple X before that, and the Pacifier mm -hmm. I think came out around the same time, maybe a little later, because mm. I think maybe he was trying to um, subvert his image at that yes. point. Anyway, yeah, he uh, the kids didn't. They don't, they don't care about the actors. It's mm -hmm. funny. Like I'm, I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, what a cast. And they're like, they don't know who anybody is. No. They have no context. Yeah. So they just are like, okay. And then this guy died. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That guy was Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Whatever. Right. Right. They don't give a, they don't give a care at all. I, uh, I think that, um, ultimately though, Saving Private Ryan is so intense mm -hmm. and pretty propulsive mm -hmm. that the kids were just like very plot focused. Mm -hmm. Um, why did this happen? What, when, when did this guy die? What was going on there? And, the thin red line stops to take breaths and tell personal stories and pretty compelling and interesting stuff. It's same uh, thin red line shows a lot of its editing. There's a, a Malik must've shot 
20 hours of footage mm -hmm. and then he there's characters that are in it for the first half or third and then just vanish mm -hmm. and other guys that sort of pop up at the end you don't know where they came from george clooney's in like one scene right mm -hmm. at the end um but i think that like overall both of those movies generated reasonable discussions mm -hmm. in the classes um and their written reviews were pretty good i think mm -hmm. they noticed a lot and there's a lot of movie to notice too mm -hmm. it's, it's helpful when a movie's that long they spend that much mm -hmm. time with it both took three periods better part of three periods to get through yeah um we'd watch about an hour at a time and then discuss briefly what we'd seen and give them an opportunity to make notes and like by this time it was clear that some kids were making notes every week mm -hmm. um and other kids were not, not at all mm -hmm. making notes and uh despite you know my best efforts to try to convince them that making some notes would help them both in the discussions and then when they write when they their review. assignments yeah but they just don't they're not, not, not note takers yeah so that was the war films and then the next week um, it's film noir. We're going to take a quick noir. break before we talk about that. Sure. Okay. Before we continue talking about uh, film noir, I wanted to mention that we do take our little breaks, which has more to do with our recording software than us. If it was up to us, we wouldn't be taking any breaks. But would you like to know who else takes breaks with no, but then has no ads? Who's that? Trevor Noah. Yeah. Trevor Noah's podcast, which by the way, podcasters, if you're listening to this, you're probably a diehard podcast person. So <laughs> you're this deep down into the, into the yeah. bargain basement. <laughs> that's right. Bargain basement us podcast. Um, Trevor Noah's new podcast on Spotify is an absolute delight. I spent the last, I think he calls it a podcast. Oh God. I can listen to him talk all day. <laughs> um, but, uh, he, he interviews really interesting people. The first one was uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And the second one was Kerry Washington. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't know who was after that. But the one that I listened to today and yesterday was Sam Altman, the chat GPT CEO that got, oh, yeah, they got outed and then yes. back in and did it. Oh, was he back in? I didn't He's realize back that in. Oh. oh, my God. It was such a he couldn't he couldn't talk about a lot of it because it was an internal investigation within the company, blah, blah, blah. But he actually, I think, probably said more than he should have in this podcast because Trevor's so good at like worming his way into your yeah. heart. Um, and it was just like a fascinating interview. What I had heard about that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on the Sam Altman thing, mm -hmm. was that his getting ousted was because he had run his principles initially with AI was that it was going to be developed for good. And, yes. And not for profit. Those are still his principles. And that's yeah. why everyone should listen to, if you're going to listen to any episode of that podcast of the Trevor Noah podcast, it's called what now or now what? Yeah. Uh, listen to the Sam Altman one. Cause yeah. it is, he is, I mean, maybe this isn't going to age well when AI takes over our lives and we're all made mm. useless, but uh, we're contributing to the machine. I'm fact. fine with that. Uh, please remember this robot overlords. Um, but I like inspiring individual at this point in his life. Yeah. Like, I think you could say Steve jobs was inspiring in his, I think, I think Sam Altman's maybe around 30, maybe a little older. I think he's a little older than that. Yeah. But he's not our age. No, no, but we're 90. So, okay. Steve jobs though, like by the end, I think you could make some arguments that perhaps like the humanity wasn't quite there anymore but like sam altman has some very interesting leftist like believes in universal basic income yeah i was like, yeah, and you've got me sir and that was the thing right is that he was trying he's not he making profit motivated yep. decisions and the profit motivated people who have yeah. a say in the executive there mm -hmm. told him to hit the bricks yeah the problem with saying hit the bricks is that he's going to take everyone with him 
Yeah. Right. If you well, have, the word was that everybody was going to go to Microsoft or something like that. He or... got hired at Microsoft and then had to like say to Microsoft, like, "Oh, sorry, I, they, I'm going to go back to to OpenAI." Mm-hmm. Um, there was like quite a tumultuous week in there for him right. personally. But when you ma- when you hire good people who also believe in your, he calls it his mission. Doesn't see it as like a a business proposition. Sees it as a mission, um, and that it's a mission to protect humanity and and benefit us um when you hire people that believe in the same mission as you and then they fire you those people are going to quit too yeah like that's what the board didn't realize was that there are 400 people intelligent brilliant programmers willing to walk away and follow sam altman wherever he will go so that's telling mm-hmm. anyways loved it so anyways my point is trevor noah also takes breaks and also has no ads so there so- yeah, we have that in common with somebody that's awesome. That's right. Right. Making us also awesome. Hey, since we're talking about podcasts we love, we should just say hello to Wesley Morris. Hi, Wesley Morris. We really hope you're listening. Just just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't mentioned him this, this season yet, have we? Oh, I don't know, but we've oh. been thinking about him. Oh, it never leaves never my mind. That's right. Uh, all right, so the next, uh, the next genre uh, which was explored in the film class was horror, and that was because it aligned nicely with Halloween. And it, what was hard about horror was finding something that was going to be school appropriate mm-hmm. that would actually be worthwhile. That would, that would maybe spook the kids a little bit um, and wouldn't have like repellent subject matter. It wouldn't mm-hmm. be ultra violent. Mm-hmm. Um, no, like, and so, uh, like, if, like a, no sexy stuff either. No. So at a, like, at a university level, mm-hmm. you could do something because they're adults. What's the, what's the one that I don't like that your mom doesn't like? The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Yeah. yeah, can't can't do that in high school. Well, and that would be an ideal one because it's just the, the sound design. You could really impact the sound design. You mm-hmm. focus on that as as something. But I made the same decision that I made with noir, mm-hmm. which was um, to show a classic film and then show a more contemporary one. Mm-hmm. One class got a much more contemporary one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so class A, I'm calling them, got to watch uh, Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was 74 minutes, which fit perfectly into one of our periods. Right. And then following that, they saw The Conjuring. Which is new? Newish came out in like, I want to say in the last 15 years for okay. sure. And there's now seven or eight films in the, in the franchise. There's three Conjuring films. And oh. then there's The Nun and Annabelle hmm. and sequels to both of those as well. Um, also file under things Christina knows nothing about. Yeah. And The, the Conjuring's like elite horror for like the haunted house possession Mm. sort of genre right which is it's not a slasher and it's not um a monster and it's not torture it's not sadism Mm -hmm. and uh it's reasonably intelligent too the only horror movie i have any interest in ever watching again is uh cabin in the woods yeah (laughs) that's the only one i like it was going to be the shining for that class and what's the other one sorry uh not getting ticked off the um What's the one that we watched that time when we went away for the weekend? Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. That's a great horror movie. That's the one that we watched. That me right out. Yeah, that's the one we watched after I had my episode in the hot tub. Hot tub, that's right. right. Matt passed out in the hot my... tub once because he had a beer. <laughs> no, because I was ashamed of myself. And I... <laughs> remember the, like, the model people yes, came and I sat remember. in the hot tub and I didn't want them to see but my, I thought you also had a beverage. my body. Uh, I think you had a beer. Oh, maybe a half of one. You got, you just, I don't know. It was too much. Yeah. It was all too much. And then I was in there for like 45 minutes. I know. And then he had a little. I got a little vascular is what yeah. uh, Zoe called it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, right. it was, that class was going to be The Shining. Right. And then uh, a student sort of came to my rescue and pointed out that there was a racial slur at uh, the beginning of The Shining. So. Listen. But. Uh, as in Hollywood. Yeah. As we'll find out, like it's, 
really hard, mm -hmm. actually harder than I ever thought it would be to avoid yeah. that particular word. It's actually quite pervasively in everything. It seems. <clears throat> and I was thinking about this when you were telling me, <clears throat> excuse me, about your Matt's Matt's had some, I don't even know how to describe it. Had some like, uh, like this week you had a couple of, of yeah. oopsies. Yeah. Um, in that department, which we will talk about in a later episode. But um, I was thinking about like walking, it's a very fine line to walk between including a diverse background of directors and actors and subject matter and staying away from certain words. Yeah. Like if we're, if you're going to show the kids a diverse group of films and you have, and you want, and you want certain cultures represented, it's, it's almost impossible to stay away from certain words. Especially, like, let's just name names here. It's especially difficult with black directors. Yes. To find films that don't, even in the soundtrack, contain the word. And please let us know if we're wrong on this. Yeah. I, I've, I've struggled. Yeah. Like, I, initially, my thoughts were Spike Lee. Yeah. Okay, well. That was the first one that came find, to our, our Find mind. me a Spike Lee movie where. The N-word isn't it, mentioned. Where it doesn't come out. Yeah. Um, and I thought Jordan Peele, right? Let's be modern and yeah. happy with Jordan Peele two of the three that he's made feature yeah. it. And sometimes it features it on the soundtrack, yeah. like in the, in the music that's used. And that's, that's equally as problematic because like it, I'm using subtitles. So yeah. when the music's playing, you see the lyrics on the screen. So yeah. like the word comes up and I don't think the kids are as sensitive to it as the board maybe thinks that they are. Yeah. And I don't think they're as offended by it, mm -hmm. but regardless, I'm mm -hmm. like, my principle is that, uh, it's not a word that needs to be in school. Mm -hmm. It certainly doesn't need to be in something that's being purported to be educational. Yeah. So, you know, if I can avoid it, yeah. we will. I think the, the question is really becoming, can it be avoided? Yes. In order to do justice to showing a diverse group of filmmakers. Yes. To this point, I've not been able to show a female director and mm -hmm. I've not been able to show a director of color. Mm -hmm. um, the closest I've come to like a foreign language director is Denny Villeneuve, mm -hmm. which we'll explore next time. Um, so just to wrap up horror really quickly, the other class saw Dracula and Poltergeist and Poltergeist. And they, they, they actually preferred Dracula to Poltergeist, which I was surprised by. That I figured Dracula's short was, yeah. again, is a classic, uh, the original, the 1931 with Bela Lugosi, uh, Poltergeist. So the kids liked it, but they did not like the practical makeup effects Right. at a couple of moments that, you know, in a modern version, and it's been remade would be CGI and probably more intense. And it actually looks a little campy right. in the, the 1982 of it all. Mm. Now, my favorite week is coming up next. Okay. Let's take a quick break and then we'll come back with science fiction. All right. We'll wrap things up. We're back. Glitchy tech tonight. Ugh. If you noticed a uh, subpar edit in the first third, it's because we dared press the pause button on the POS free <laughs> pro program we use to record this podcast. And apparently pause means don't record anymore, even though I look like I'm recording. And it was gold. Oh, so irritated. Top notch stuff you'll never get to hear. Yeah, it's gone now. That's yeah. it. Um, Vanished into into the netherworld. So now you're doing science fiction and you didn't do Children of Men, which I was super sad about. Yeah, I didn't do Children of Men. Because it's a fantastic it's movie. It's a great movie. Movie in general, but also science fiction movie. It's one of my, it's I one of my it's absolute top movies. Actually where we're headed, but anyway. Yeah. Everybody at my school has had, had IVF. Oh. Everybody. 
Really? Like a lot of them. Wow. Because I have this staff where like I'm the youngest of the oldest half, right? And then there's this younger half and they're like, like most of them are like a decade younger than me or younger than that. So they're either in their first six years of teaching because my friend is the oldest of the youngest. It's interesting actually that like we've become friends and I'm the youngest of the oldest half and she's the oldest of the youngest half, but there's still like eight years between us. Mm -hmm. It's funny. There's this like- It's like me with my cousins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's really strange. Anyways, uh, so, and all of those younger ones that are younger than her, like most of them have had IVF to have a baby. And I'm like, that's- like, unsettling unsettling like it's great i'm super glad you guys all have babies yeah, now but like happen. why why did you all need IVF? there's so much nervous there's so much to unpack yeah with that we don't really have the time but no like, that's, no that's not what this is about no i'm just saying i think children is where we're headed okay so what did the kids watch matt kids watched uh in in class a they watched blade runner and my personal favorite no you hate no, it No, i hate it so much and i and Joe, I'm married, to, like, you. I'm married to you despite that. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Joe's friend of the pod, Joe, is clawing his eyes well, actually, out right now. You know what's funny is that like, I, I posted my written review um, on Letterboxd. Yeah. And both Craig and Dave, great friends. Yeah, friends of the pod. Were like, yeah, I don't really care about it that much. I'm surprised you like it that much. And mm. I like it's it means a, a hell of a lot to me for probably like personal Very reasons personal when, reason. when I saw it. And, yeah. And you know you it's the i i i used to stay up and watch it on new year's eve mm -hmm. they used to run it on late night tv and i'd stay up till like three in the morning until it was done watching it mm -hmm. on a tiny little four inch black and white television i had mm. and four inch that's tiny it was it was like oh. a little portable tiny television oh and then i had a smaller tube tv that right. i had after that mm -hmm. and then and then there's been like dvd editions and blu-rays and now i've got like you know, I got the theater set up and mm, everything like yeah, that. No, moving up in the so world. every time I see it, I see something new and I right. I unpack it. And and the kids were quite into it. Good. They were quite into it. They were into the the moral dilemma of like, what is a replicant? What is a human? Mm -hmm. Is Deckard making the right decisions? They were into the sim symbolism. They were into the set design. They liked the music. They mm -hmm. liked the sort of retro futurism, um, the, the noirish elements they, they noticed, which meant like, hey, maybe they learned something. Yeah. <laughs> we covered noir two weeks before that. Um, yeah, so they were really into Blade Runner. Good. And, and in class B watched The Matrix, mm. which um, again was pretty well received. They mm -hmm. found it exciting. And I, I could not believe that none of them had seen it before. Yeah. Like it just seems like such a part of the canon. Mm -hmm. And to it's been, you. And it's been referenced. Mm -hmm by so many things that have come subsequently mm -hmm. that I just thought there was no way they wouldn't have seen it. Mm -hmm. And yet none yeah. of them had seen it. Mm -hmm. It was like a totally new thing for all of them. So I got to experience it's, it's, all of these movies, you know, I'm seeing it sort of through their eyes for the first time. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, by this point uh, in this course, we would, you know, having finished science fiction, um, they had seen 10 or 11 films right um and i think at that point like i think blade runner would have stood out as probably class a's favorite oh my gosh um and for class b i chinatown might have been their favorite we didn't really talk about chinatown um previously in our, in our discussion here this evening but um they were they were really into that they found the ending upsetting which it is mm -hmm. um have i seen that yeah oh you have I don't, obviously didn't make much of an impression. Apparently on not. Um, and that's okay. 
But uh, yeah, th this was by this point, um, a couple of things were becoming apparent in the course. One is that um, the sort of stand and deliver elements that I had been doing at the beginning, where it's like, I'm going to explain the genre to you and explain the tropes that wasn't really working. So I started trying to go with like introductory readings that I would find, mm -hmm. you know, why, why do we watch horror films? Um, what are the common elements of the best science fiction? Why film noir? Why was it popular? Why did it fade away? Um, and uh, so I was really just trying to find things that would challenge them and then trying to spend more time talking mm -hmm. about the films. And Blade Runner was one of those ones where the conversation kind of went over, over 70 minutes. Mm -hmm. Like we, we talked on one day and then they still had more to say mm -hmm. the following day. With The Matrix, it was a little less that. It was Which a little surprised more, you. Yeah, it was a little bit more like trying to explain the plot to them. Yeah rather than looking at the sort of the technology elements in the in the ai freak out mm -hmm. which actually would it's so topical mm -hmm. that i would have thought they would have had lots to say about it but the, the conversation was a little muted mm -hmm. um but generally speaking they liked it i think they liked the action elements of it more mm -hmm. than they liked the the, the jargon yeah <clears throat> and the keanu of it all mm -hmm. so that's that's where we left off and and so that was i always thought of this as like the the dog days of the course, right? Working through the genres. Yeah. Um, decided for the next one, the next two weeks were spent on a director in focus and to a certain extent wanted to capitalize on what had we had just covered for the one class. Their their enjoyment of Blade Runner made me decide that they, they probably would enjoy the sequel. So that meant that I abandoned my initial plans, which had been to show Steven Spielberg films. Mm -hmm. And instead we went with Danny Villeneuve, which mm -hmm. allowed me to put some Canadian content in the course. Right. And then for the other class, um, I can't even remember who I had planned, but I abandoned that as well. And we went with David Fincher. Mm -hmm. um, and for that two week block, I think I had about as much engagement as possible. And well, I guess we'll explore that next time. Yeah. That's our teaser. Yeah. So the, at this point uh, in the course, um, you know, what was becoming clear is that the kids, they weren't interested in me talking. Mm -hmm. Um, that's fine. Kel Surprise. <laughs> Who is really? <laughs> Other than me. Yeah, apparently there's a few people listening to this, but, um, and, uh, they definitely needed the time to do the written work mm -hmm. because kids are starting to fall behind. Again, it just doesn't matter if, if you give them a week mm -hmm. or you give them a day, like yeah. they'll just, they're not going to meet the deadlines. Yeah. And I hope if, society's ready for that because oh, I don't think any of them are ever going to meet a deadline. Yeah. And it was just like week by week. If I kept assigning things week by week, yeah, um, then the work was going to pile up and then they were just going to shut down. Like yeah. as soon as they face any obstacles, they shut yeah. down. Yeah. Right. And they just, oh, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And they make it like a future version of themselves problem. Yeah. They just satisfy themselves in the moment. Yeah. And they, I was talking to them earlier about like discipline and what discipline means. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, discipline is like forcing yourself to do something you otherwise wouldn't want to do in order to you, benefit your future self. Yeah. You have discipline sort of newfound. Sorry. I don't mean to be insulting, but newfound no, no. discipline in committing to working out. You yeah. don't want to get up early and don't. you, but you realize that there are benefits yeah. to doing it. Mm -hmm. And so now you're doing it mm -hmm. right. And that's discipline. It's not, it's different than motivation, mm -hmm. right? Um, this is, you're, you're might, echoing my, uh, my Peloton and nutrition groups on Facebook. Yeah. I talk about that all the time. People ask, where do you get the motivation? They're like, we're not motivated. <laughs> yeah. We're just disciplined. <laughs> we're just disciplined. We do it because we know that it benefits us. Yeah. 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 You do it despite the fact. Yeah. Yeah. And how you motivate yourself to be disciplined, I suppose, is 
up to you. But yeah. they, the kids don't, they don't get it. No. So yet. I think that the, what I've learned um, is that with future classes and with apologies to any of the students who are presently in the course, is that I'm probably going to require less work, yeah. less written work next time. Um, I don't think that I'm going to explore as many genres, but I think I'm going to go deeper into each genre mm -hmm. because I think like ultimately it works a lot better. One of the things I'm realizing, it works a lot better when they have context of at least two films to compare. Right. Um, and then it also gives some variability in what they write about because they have to make choices. Yeah. Right. It's not everybody's writing the same review about Blade Runner. Yeah. If I showed them two science fiction films and they can make a, a choice. Yes. And that actually makes for um, more interesting discussions as well. Yeah. So that's where we're headed, I think, in the future. Well, we always knew this was like a, a trial a trial flight, right? Yes. So that's okay. All right. Well, we'll see you next week on Film 101. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye for now. Bye.